don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking he's going to say truth subjective, blah, blah, blah. No, not. Well, it is actually partially. See, there's two, two truths. There's two definitions to the word truth. We're going to discuss both of them. One's subjective, one's objective. We like to pretend we're using the objective one, but we actually are using the subjective one almost all the time. It's funny how we use these in our conversations against ourselves and each other. And we're going to take a look at those when looking at how to read the news to understand what those two truths are, what's subjective, what's objective about them, where facts fit in, and how this adds into our format to figure out what's really going on here. What's this article really about? Is it true? Is it a true lie? And what about the source of information? Have we vetted it? Are we going to use them again? We'll see where this goes, talking about truth right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight. So this is the one where we separate the men from the boys, the adults from the children, the honest from the dishonest. This is where we look at truth. There are two types. I think deep down we all know this, but sometimes we confuse it, mix it up. Sometimes we use it as a manipulative tactic of sorts. People often misuse truth to argue more as rhetoric that involves taking accurate information or facts and presenting them in a misleading or manipulative way to support their argument or agenda. And one of the ways it foretells this is coming, one of the most common ways is called a false dichotomy. False dichotomy is where you take a situation you present as if there's only two possible options, but in reality there's more. There's always nuanced alternatives. Now clearly one of the first things that comes to my mind is courtrooms on television, not reality TV, but like in the movies, the television shows it based on real courtroom stuff. I saw nothing like it at all, but where you see it the most is in Congress in the United States Congress. The person comes to mind is Ted Cruz, not because there's anything special about him. I was watching something recently and he did that and he did it like two or three times in a row. And I was like, that guy's like the king of false dichotomy. So I went through YouTube and I started looking up different like hearings, investigations where he was at and listened to him ask questions and kind of skim through them, and he does it quite often. I don't think he does it more than anybody else. I was specifically looking for him to do it, but it was always stuff where they go, they ask a question, and then he would, like, interrupt people when they don't tell him what he's said he wants, and he just cuts them off because he has an agenda, and he says, I asked you a clear yes or no question, and they start to answer, okay, so you refuse to answer the question, which isn't the case. He just cut them off. They were answering the question. It's very manipulative. It's agenda-based. They're not allowing the person the opportunity to speak. They're trying to control and dictate the narrative. And it's uh, it's abusive is what it is. 
the worst part about that, though, is a lot of times when we look at the news, people talk about or react to the news as if they're doing that all the time, especially when it's, say, an outlet or, or a source that's a different political party, at least in the American side, different politics they endorse. They act as though they do that all the time. That's that's a lie. That's just made up horseshit. They do it a lot, of course. Yes, they do. But to say they do it all the time, nobody could quantify or prove that. You can easily prove that they don't. The other thing, too, is people abuse that idea of that misuse and say in this example, oh, these guys are liberal media or these guys are conservative media and they're they're just doing that all the time. No, really what's happening is because of your own bias and your own anger and a lot of your own things going on and how you've prejudged that where you're not looking for facts, you're not looking to hear other pointing abuse, you're very emotionally invested in this. When people say things that you don't like or agree with, you will accuse them of being manipulative and misleading and use that false dichotomy type situation just because of how you feel about it when that's not really what's going on. So it's it's this misnomer idea that there's any one outlet or more that's always doing it or a political party's always doing it. Twitter's loaded with that stuff. People are like, oh, if you believe this about Trump, if you believe this about Biden, if you this, oh, if you support this, oh, here goes the MAGA Republicans again. Oh, here goes the crazy liberals. You know, they're just throwing stuff out there because they have no real argument. They have no facts. They have no information to bring to the table. While those are obvious and you start to see those now, we're actively looking for those in our news sources. And one of the things we're trying to do is look at what these truths are, even if we're using this pad of paper and trying to write down what the truth statements are and then another pad for the fact statements and then we're trying to research those to figure out should they be moved or not depending on what they are and how they're used. So going into that, it's like a piece of trivia I use when I train people when I do map reading and land navigation courses is that there's three norths, like north, south, east, and west, there's three norths. A lot of people don't even realize that there's two. Most people think there's one. So you have like magnetic north on your compass and you have Grid North, which is on a map, and they're different. It's we have a thing called declination diagram, which is trivia. It doesn't matter for this. And you have True North, which is based on Polaris, our North Star, which wasn't always our North Star. There's always more to the story. So, again, you can – I'm loving some of these emails, by the way. When I get a good one, I'll actually mention it or respond. The truth has two basic definitions when you look it up. Just like a lot of words – it, it, this is going to carry over into pretty much any language, but a lot of words, when you look them up, sometimes people think, well, this could have five definitions. No, there's only one. But then some words we think only have one definition, have two or three or even four, depending on how it's used. So truth has two of them. Now, the first one simply boils down to a collection of facts, not a fact. A fact is not truth. You know, the sun rises in the, that's not truth. That's a fact. A collection of facts basically equivocal items, you know, like collecting baseball cards or collecting sports memorabilia. It's a collection of facts. Things to understand about that definition doesn't mean that collection of facts is going to tell a story. And even if it's used to tell a story, if you stick just to those facts, you probably aren't going to tell a complete story. Basic question to answer can be seen in that in some of the some of those movies or television shows where they're doing the court cases. And and Probably to some degree, probably happened in real life. I'm, I'm not too fluid on that. I haven't seen too many of them. But a simple example is to say like, oh, hey, honey, what'd you do today? Well, I dropped Sally off at school. And after that, I, I went over and got the groceries I needed. And then I head over to the church to find out about the Christmas party on Saturday and then drop off those food donations for the dinners. 
And then I did see Aunt Mabel and talk to her. She's going to come over Sunday after church. And then I came home, right? Now, by definition, that story on paper might look like a lie. You're like wondering why. But it's not intentional, meaning what did you do? There's a lot more things that happened that we just don't mention that people don't care about. That's why it's not a lie. It's not intentional. There's just omitted information that's irrelevant to the story we're presenting through a collection of facts, such as, you know, the route I took, how long I was there, what time I did, whatever. Maybe I left a couple places out. You know, maybe something is an intentional lie, but we call it a white lie. Like I didn't mention stopping at the store and buying your Christmas present because I don't want you looking for it in the house. Or maybe it's an intentional bad lie. I didn't talk to you about stopping over at this person's house and cheating on you because obviously I don't want that to end. You know, there's all kinds of things there, but it's a very common thing. It's a collection of facts. We can call it truth, but it's not the whole story. Never is. That's an important thing to note. When you're looking through and you're finding things in the news, and let's say it turns out, because this is actually very common. It's not isolated or uncommon. It's more common than people realize. In fact, the majority of times that it happens that people say it isn't is because of what I said before, where they don't like or agree with the statement, so they try to claim that it's not factually based. So when this happens, this collections of facts, and let's say that's pretty much what it looks like. I got a collection of facts. You can be like, yeah, this is truth, a true story, sure. But it's truth. It just happens to be the collection of facts, and that's nice to have because those are rare finds, especially in the media. This is the type of truth when we get in arguments and people, even if we're marrying calm, we try to pretend like we're the masters of our own universe. We understand everything and we're the ones presenting the facts and being objective, whereas you are not. When we start to lose control, that's what happens. That's when people get really angry and other people laugh at the angry person. So it's about keeping your head cool and calm, whether in your conversation or not. Let the other person lose their mind. Remain objective. Stick to the collection of facts. Doesn't mean you have all the facts, right? Because it's not the whole story. There are other facts. Some of the facts are irrelevant to the story. Like how many steps a person took walking out of the car into the store to buy the groceries in that previous story. That's probably irrelevant. Some of those are judgments that are going to be obvious. Some are judgments you're going to need to make for yourself. But it's pretty simple. The thing is, that's not the whole truth. (laughs) Because there's another definition. The one that plagues us. The one that seems to run the world. The one we accuse everybody of doing, but we actually do ourselves most of the time, especially when we're not completely common and rational. This happens all the time in the media. This happens all the time in blogs. There's podcasters that do it, like, like you know, big name guys like commentary, political commentators, you know, the Tucker Carlson's of the world. He always comes to mind when the subject of truth. Um, you know, just like talking about how some of them willfully leave information out for the customers, sure. But this other type of troop is the one... That's subjective. So it's to understand that there is a difference. The first one, the collection of facts, is objective. But this is the subjective, the subjective truth, to understand what it means. So subjective means that you're basing your understanding, your interpretation, and your judgment. You're doing it on personal feelings. You're doing it on opinions. You're basing it on experience that we're overestimating rather than external facts or evidence, right? So we're ignoring facts or evidence. That is to say, this type of truth, right? This is not me interpreting anything. This is language. (laughs) This is the dictionary. There is a type of truth 
that while there usually is some facts and evidence in there because it makes it better, and, and most people are generally trying to do the right thing, some aren't, doesn't require any facts, doesn't require any evidence, doesn't require any actually whatsoever. And yet we can still call it truth. In fact, some places you go will go so far to say is a statement that is logically consistent and doesn't involve contradictions is considered true. Think about that. How many statements could you make about anything that would be logically consistent or appear that way? Wouldn't have contradictions and are complete in other lies. This type of truth can be a lie. It can be a lie just because of omission. It could be a lie just because we've completely made it up. But yet, by definition, it can be true. It can be a lie just because we willfully use it to mislead and be manipulative. Misrepresent our information to others. So while our first one is objective, based on a collection of facts, remembering what facts are, they're measurable, they're universal. Facts are universal. They're not interpretable to have different meanings, right? Those are real things. Words like actuality, right? That's one type of truth. But this subjective truth is a judgment. It's a proposition. It's an idea that is accepted as being true. It doesn't have to be true. Just like I said, it could be presented in a way where as long as it's logically consistent, that it can be considered true. This is the subjective one. This is why I say, and hopefully you can see it now, the news does tell the truth all the time, 100% of the time. They just don't always tell the factual truth, the collection of facts truth. In fact, most of the time it's kind of a mix. But a lot of it, which is an undefinable term for me, is the truth that's based on things that would be accepted as true. Things that correspond to reality but don't have to be reality. And that's an important word. All correspondence means is a close similarity. It can be similar, right? Like the phrase when some magical lady said alternative facts, although her facts might have been the correct ones. I don't remember the situation or if I even looked into it. But this is a whole other type of truth. This truth will have facts in it when people use it. To some degree it will. But it's not required to. This is a fact, or I'm sorry, this is a story-based idea of truth. When we read some of these news articles and they talk about things, and I've mentioned some of the facts versus truth in there, you know, we go back to that original article, the guy gets pulled over, he shoots the cop, that whole story. So there's facts in there, individual facts. That's a guy, here's his description, here's when it happened, here's what he was driving, you know, here's who got shot. There's all those things that are facts. The story they tell in that first paragraph of that is truth based on a collection of facts. But then later I mentioned the last paragraph and I said one of the more common things we'd see might be in these situations is where they use some historical data possibly to push an agenda or raise awareness depending on how it's presented about say gun violence for example. That's very common. And sometimes by the time we go back and follow the format piece from the first episode of this thing we go through it we realize oh yeah there's not a lot of good info there that they're using this event and ignoring what's really important about it or should probably be important about the people involved and trying to stop the crime to push this political agenda. Now, you might agree with that political agenda. That's not the point because, remember, we're keeping all of our personal stuff out of it. What we're looking at is the quality of the article and its intent. And if we find out that they're pushing a political agenda, right, you're going to find that a lot. That doesn't mean it's bad. If they're pushing a political agenda that's going away from the main importance of the story that they don't have a lot of information on, there's probably more of a, a reason behind that article 
than trying to present you with worthy information that we call news. And sometimes they just go, yeah, that's a lie. Like I remember watching one of the speech, was it a speech? No, I think it was State of the Union that President Trump did. I think it was State of the Union. Like it's the president of the United States. You don't cut that man off. I don't care if you like him or not. I chose to watch like an extreme level U.S. news station to see what was happening. They cut him off and this lady's like, I'm sorry, we just can't play this because he keeps lying. So the funny thing about it is things the president was saying were true. Some were collection of facts, some were the other version of truth. But this lady saying that he was lying was wrong. He wasn't lying, but she was choosing to interpret truth a different way. And so she was sharing her truth that was not based on any facts or evidence whatsoever. It was based on things that are commonly accepted to be true, the way that we present them. Now, this might be confusing, but really, really think about this. Some of the things that I've, I've used in the past, even a long time ago, saying that are subjective, like truth. This is why in the intel world we ignore that. Yeah, when we have a picture and we have an assessment, maybe somebody wants to call it the true story, but you really don't hear words like that used. But there's truthful statements. And the thing is, while some of these truths can be facts, these other subjective truths that don't require facts to, by definition, be considered truth will obviously oppose facts in some situations. But here's the other thing. That subjective version of truth, you could have more than one version of that for a thing. That could contradict each other. You know, like I used in the other example, simple ones. Somebody's truth, I mean a lot of people's truth, it's okay to be gay. That's normal. You're born that way. Some other people's truths, uh, it's a choice. You'll go to hell, you know, whatever. The religious thing is, those are two opposing types of truth, neither of which contain a, a collection of facts. I mean, you could probably come up with an argument to support one or the other with a collection of facts, but typically you don't see those present. And then there's other versions to it. You know, you take any hot topic political thing that ends up in there, you know, People try to boil things down to the simplest form to the point that it's no longer a true statement, a factual statement, like, say, abortion, for example. You know, Democrats are for abortion, conservatives are against. Well, that's not entirely accurate. There's plenty from both sides that have opposing points of view. Not to mention, even if you put two people in a room, you start drilling down on subjects, you'll find there's reasons in which somebody who's against abortion may find it acceptable in some situations. And there may be people that are pro-abortion that find situations where it probably shouldn't be acceptable. I've seen both of those happens with many people. And then a lot of times you hear statements like that, and let's say you have a point of view on that, you look at it and go, well, that person's not really this, not blah, 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 blah. All you're doing is judging them. You're judging them based on your emotion, how you think they should be. But the thing is, you don't see people as they are. You see them as you are. That's how we work as people. And you're ignoring the conversation. You're not looking for the facts or the evidence. You're just trying to get involved in a pissing contest. If you find yourself in that situation while trying to figure this stuff out with reading the news, just stop. Go to something easier. If if you can't do it, or you're just trying to prove that you're right, you know, you're trying to find evidence, that's not what this is for, that's not how this works. Stop. Find something you're interested in that's fun that doesn't trigger anything. Like sometimes what I'll do is I like I like watching documentaries. I like, I watch a lot of like documentaries, short ones or long ones on different things. Some are just you know, five or six random subjects in this pool cut together show where they'll tell a story. Some are two hour long documentaries on some theme. And I'll sit there with a iPad and I'll go through and start looking things up just to learn more. And some of the things I'll look at is I won't just follow the format thing and see how things are written or whether or not that's the case. Cause it depends on the documentary, you know, like I say, it's true crime. I'm looking up news articles and police reports. If it's something on ancient history, I'm looking up books and classes and other things where people say how things work that have changed over time. But I compare the information 
just to learn more to see more because it's fun. I don't get upset when they contradict each other or say the other guy's wrong because I, I don't have an emotional dog in the fight because that's the thing. It's not about dog in a fight. It's the emotional dog. Remember the theme, emotional point of failure. <laughs> if a subject just starts to get you fired. I mean, I, I've met so many people out here traveling. Like, oh, yeah, I don't try to talk about that. It just gets me going. I'm like, you probably should never talk about it then. You know, because there's something wrong with you if it gets you going. There's, there's not, it, the problem is you. So if that's the case, find a different subject. But understand that if you follow that format one and get your mind thinking and using incremental learning, you will find really quick that you're asking yourself a lot of questions and finding ideas for things to look up. And you will start to ignore your biases. It's even easier if you write your biases out and are truthful about it with yourself. It helps you kind of let the air out, kind of pick some weight off your shoulders. Then if we start looking at what facts really are and not trying to find our truth that we want to pretend are facts, basically our subjective truth argument, and identifying those quantifiable measure of things and write them down, make a list or whatever, things that would be universally accepted that can't really be argued as evidence. And then, of course, you can look those up later and see where they came from, see how accurate they are, see if it's something that can vary in accuracy based on the study that's done or if or if it's completely possibly made up. Then take the truth statements. Statements that whether you disagree or agree with them aren't really factually based, not necessarily. They're just statements. And then we look those up to find out, could they have come from a fact-based thing? Are they a truth, but the subjective one? Are they saying something that will sell? If you think of it in that term of marketing and advertising or like politics and the reason they do certain things in certain ads at certain times in certain places, it's based on what sells, basically what sells. Truth sells. It's just not the factual kind. It's the subjective kind. What's going to sell here? You know, it's like when a poll comes out and it says, well, um, you know, 35% of Americans thinks this. Okay, so number one, any poll that like that, on the surface is a lie because they didn't pull the entire country, but they also can't. That's unrealistic. If they tell you the entire facts of that poll and say, you know, it looks like 35% of the people believe this out of the 3,500 people we pulled in this area. Okay. That's a fact-based statement. That would be a collection of facts being true. But when they say 35% of the people say this, right, and I tell you it's an outright lie, it's also truth. It's a true lie because it's something that based on a poll would generally be accepted as reality, but it's not real. It's misleading. It's based on a small segment of society. And they don't assume people know that. They know most people know that. They change how they do those polls in different places and then market that information where they want to to get the sale. The sale might be your vote. It's no different than what businesses do. You know, it's why I always point out, people always talk about secret shadow this is and whatever's in government. I'm like, you pay attention to corporations. That's the issue. <laughs> it's not these idiots you vote in that think are masterfully powerful that at the same time you make fun of for being idiots. It's one or the other. They're geniuses or they're fools. But corporations, they do the same thing when they market, when they advertise. When I talked about football traffic with uh, Pokemon Go and what that really was or when we looked at advertising or Google ads, when I've talked about these scam things that came in on your computer and I talk about the ads and how we sabotage ourselves, these are all things that come in that are sometimes have some facts or typically truth of a subjective nature, not objective, that are used to get a response. They want us to do things. They want you to click on things. They want you to watch videos. They want you to listen to music. They want you to use a video game. They want you to buy things. They want you to go to Amazon. You know, they want you to do whatever. Most influencers of any type do that because they want you to listen to their show. I want you to listen to my show. 
you know, if I start selling merchandise because I'm working on some designs, people could be asking me, I'll want you to do that, right? Benefits me. That's what I want. <laughs> but I mean, I'm being honest about it. That's how it works. The issue isn't that it happens. The issue isn't that we like or don't like it. The issue isn't that we agree or disagree. The issue really is, are you capable of following a process, especially when you're looking at information, to determine and discern where that's happening, number one, to do it completely rationally, <laughs> and then number two, are you able to use that to not only find ways to learn more about it, to have informed decision-making processes, but also to assess and validate sources to determine over time after viewing and seeing these sources, what their level of consistency is. And then even if the information overall turns out that the source over here is bad and the number two source over here is good, to still pay attention to see when those inconsistencies or consistencies all of a sudden change and then how to interpret that. Now, I don't know how in-depth this is for some people. I try to cut some of this back quite a bit and make it as simple as possible because even in the beginning, as simple as I made stuff, I get a lot of feedback from people about how often they listen to the show. I think it's great that you listen to the shows and you want to learn it. But like, man, there's a lot of stuff in there. And I'm thinking, right now I'm thinking like, this is, this is nothing when it comes to doing analysis in the Intel world. This is really, that we're not even scratching the surface here. But this is how things get looked at, no matter what it is. This idea people have, I mean, everybody always says CIA because that's what they know, but there's other agencies. I mean, it, they change all the time. There's probably, there's been almost 30 at some point. I mean, we're definitely in the 20s for the amount of intelligence agencies out there, and they all do different things. But people have in this eye, they always say CIA, and they always go after CIA guys that have public faces. They'd be going after me too if that's where I'd worked. But they always talk about, oh, uh, there are plants, or there are hacks, or they do this, or they do that. Their issue isn't with that person. They have this preconceived made-up idea that's not even based in reality about an organization, an agency that their entire knowledge of it is from people that are telling subjective truths and made up things and conspiracy videos and, you know, maybe some stuff that were in books that were probably true at some point and interpretable stuff, movies. They're ignoring all this influence they have on a subject they have no experience in. And they're attacking an individual when overall their argument is they're mad at an organization, but they're attacking an individual that used to work there and not even seeing the issue with what's going on. You know, those are not people you can typically communicate with, but they don't understand how that organization works. That's why just using that one I've explained in the past, its customer is the president. All intelligence assets work for the executive branch, but the CIA's customer, specifically the president of the United States. So a lot of things they do and their missions will change based on who the current president is. They don't get used typically as a political weapon. I mean, even stuff I've read recently because people are saying this and that's about intelligence agencies in Hamas and Israel, whether or not they've ordered investigations. The biggest one that I've even mentioned before, I did this with the UFO thing, is some of these guys will go in front of Congress and people forget, I tell you all the time, it's an unclassified brief. They're allowed to lie. <laughs> they have to lie in some situations because it's unclassified. There's things they're not going to share that are classified. Even the people who can get cleared to be classified in those in Congress ain't all of them. It's a very, very small number. And depending on the classification of what it is, it could be a super small single-digit number. You know, and most of that stuff's a dog and pony show anyway. You know, that's why when those congressmen sit up there and do like the false dichotomies, for example, that I gave in the beginning, it's it's a dog and pony show. They're not really interested in making things better. And it's understanding that 
That's why when I watch those things and people get all upset and they make all these things, they go, oh, this this senator, he's brilliant because he's on my team. And this senator's an idiot because he's not on my team. That's all they're really saying. I ignore all that stuff. I don't care. What I do when I watch them is I try to see if it's something I know and understand, like say the Intel world, I'm like, let's see how close these guys come. Like, how are they, how good are they at deflecting these questions? How good are they at basically saying, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. You know, I'm not going to confirm and deny. How good are they at these things? And then I look at the congressman asking the questions and I'm like, I want to try to figure out what the real agenda and goals here. Is there the whole thing they're putting on a show or is anybody in here actually trying to, to do the right thing? You know, I just don't make the assumptions because you got to pull all that personal stuff out. My hope is that you try this. You try it out. At least start with the format piece. Over time, you can start to pick this stuff up. You'll see videos. You'll see things. You'll start picking it up more and more. You'll, you'll think you're right a lot. You'll be wrong more often than not. And hopefully, if you had somebody there, if I could coach you, I could, I could show you that, and then you, you'd learn quicker. But even over time, as long as you're paying attention to yourself, number one, as you look into this, You'll see things quicker. You'll realize them, how much more obvious things are. You'll pick these up in verbal conversations. You'll watch news, media, interviews. You'll see it. You know, if you watch true crime, some cops interviewing a guy, you'll see it. You'll see what the cop's agenda is. You realize when you're talking to people, no matter who they are and what they are to you and conversations you're having, whether it's a professor or a student or a friend, and realizing where their biases are, where these things are, and what kind of person they are, and, and whether or not you're going to, approach that subject with them, but to understand and see where the things are. This is part of the reason why I said back a few episodes ago about meeting people. I just kind of listen. I don't really say much. Let them kind of see, see where they're at because there's a lot of different people around when you travel and you get these RV parks or campgrounds. Some people are real free to say stuff almost like they want to attack you and start an argument, although they know nothing about you or what you think. And then some of them are real, real casual and closed off and like normal people, but they will freely give information if you ask questions. And that's why the biggest part of this job is listening. And part of listening, in this case, would be taking these news reports as though they are intelligence reports and trying to process it that way. Go through this idea, figure out what the facts are, figure out what their truths are, figure out if the truths are objective and which ones are subjective, assess and validate the source. This is just a small beginning part of the intelligence cycle. One of the hardest things about the Intel world is collection. It's one of the most involved, important things and one of the hardest, depending on the platform where you're at at the time and who's doing it. It takes a lot of training experience, especially in human intelligence. You think of it this way, because you're not a human guy, like the collection aspect's done for you. <laughs> I mean, you're just going on. I mean, you don't have firsthand stuff, you don't have classified stuff. You're going on the internet, you're getting a news report. I mean, you think of that as collection. It's done. Okay, you're just trying to do the analysis piece. You're trying to get that started to start to move into the intelligence cycle to have an actual intelligence product at the end which I'll figure out a way to work through that cycle and make it into civilian speak and help you understand that. But this should get you started. So definitely try it out. Work the format piece. Work the facts piece first. And, you know, do the facts piece first always. Drew the truth piece last. And then separate the truth by objective and not objective. And if there's some fluctuation there, always base it on what you can figure out. The person who wrote that report, that news article, what they're really trying to go for, not based on your own interpretation. Look at how they're using it because that's really what matters. And hopefully, hopefully you get something out of this. And even if nothing changes for you, you can walk away saying confidently because you did this with attention, with intention, that you know what? None of my ideas changed. 
But no matter how it is I came to those ideas before, I know now that I'm basing it completely on an informed decision and not on feelings. Because at the end of the day, when it comes down to what we call news and what's going on in the world, facts are far more important than feelings. But feelings and subjective do have their place. So don't think being subjective and the subjective truth are bad. They're not. They do have their place and they are needed. But when it comes to reading the news, they shouldn't be there at all. This is why I say adjectives could be outlawed because you know what adjectives are? They're subjective. This was very big. This was very small. What the fuck does very mean? (laughs) They're subjective. That's why they shouldn't be used. That's why I say if you pull adjectives out of an article, go use one of these AI programs. Say remove all the adjectives and correct for grammar. Go through and reread it. Things start to change because you're forcing subjectivity to leave the argument. And if you work this process like I'm telling you, and you really put some time into it, you're going to force objectivity on yourself and you're going to force subjectivity that you have been using purposely away from you at the times when you go into this with a plan and a method to learn more about whatever subject you're looking at.